Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. What? What picture? You mess with me? You know, Mike Wallace trolls me when I preach sometimes. One time, one time at church, I was wearing a jacket. And, and my jacket that I was wearing, I was saying, I was like, you know, all these big preachers always have a joke they start out with, you know, because I just so happened to watch some Joel Osteen sermon or something like that. I go, they always have these crazy, funny jokes right before, and I'm really bad at that kind of stuff, you know. I'm kind of just get straight into the Bible. And I, so I said to the whole church, I said, yeah, I just don't have a joke. And then Mike from the back goes, your jacket's the joke. <laughs> and he yells it out. I go, dang. I get trolled everywhere. And I thought I, I thought I jumped away from all the trolling when, I, when we uh, ended Jesus Worldwide and joined this church. You know, it's going to continue forever. That is so funny. Wow. I was, uh, I was in the corner. I was thinking of some stories. Uh, this is my friend David. Everybody know David? David likes to worship over here. And... Uh, I was thinking we were giving out food one time, uh, well, not just one time, we were giving out food every week to hundreds of families, and um, they'd come, and we'd put all these bags of groceries on the front lawn of a house, and we went out onto the main street with a sign that said, free food, and you'd be surprised how many people want food when you bring food, and we'd bring a whole truckload, we'd, we'd fill up a, a back of a truck, you know, and we'd have to like tie stuff down, big boxes of like random vegetables to give hundreds of families groceries every week. So we'd put out all these groceries on the front lawn and we're just, you know, giving them out. And I remember this one time this family came up. David, come here. You want to come here? Come here. Come here. Come here. Come here. <laughs> David, by the way, it's in season and out of season. You're ready. And David's a preacher. So share that story about the kid. The kid in his heart? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah so we just ministered to families and stuff. And one family, um, they had a newborn who was born with a hole, and I don't remember if it's a boy or a girl, it's been many years, but had a hole in the heart. Um, and so they invited me into their van to like lay hands on their infant in the car seat. Um, so I just remember, I speak a little bit of Spanish, so I don't remember what I was praying, um, but just laid hands on the car seat or whatever, prayed for this infant. And then uh, the next week or two when we did the... Uh, Whenever we did the food drive again, the family came back and they were just telling me in Spanish that the hole was completely closed already. They already went to the doctor and everything. So it was awesome. It was cool. <laughs> I was in the back meditating on that, thinking about it. I was like, wow. I just feel like God wants to close some hearts today. Holes in the hearts. Wow. I just love that he could do it physically. He does it spiritually. The Bible actually says he gives you a new heart and a new spirit. He puts a new spirit in you. But to get the new, the new spirit, you actually need a new container. That's why he gives you a new heart, right? He actually builds up a new creation. Yay. Okay, okay, you guys got Bibles? I'm just going to go into it because that's what I do. I'm not the I'm not the biggest fan of Halloween, but I was like I'm kind of a fan. I'm kind of a fan. I'm a fan of like dressing up and like hanging out with the fam. You know what I'm saying? Like 
One year, Melissa made me dress up as a skunk. And um, <laughs> the, it was, uh, oh, Lord. And, and I just remember, you guys ever seen the movie Christmas, uh, Christmas Story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the Christmas Story movie where the kid walks down the stairs and he's wearing the bunny suit? And he's just like, oh, like all depressed. I felt like that. You know, I was walking down the hall, and I just full on had a skunk helmet thing, and I was walking down. We had like a party over at our house. Everybody's laughing. And my my wife and my kid look cute, but you know it was funny. But anyways, I actually I really like dressing up. I, I really think it's really fun, and especially when you you know you start having kids, you start seeing all them dress up. It's it's hilarious. I love it so much. Um, wow, I don't know why I was talking about that. Oh, I know why I was talking about it. Witches are overrated. It's overrated. Witchcraft? Overrated. It's, it, like, literally has no power compared to Jesus. Like, it's ridiculous. There's people that, that, leave, that leave church because they're not seeing the power of God. And they get sucked into tarot cards and all that random stuff, and they're just, like, looking for something. Dude, you don't have to look far. God's right here. He's standing right in front of you. He's like, I love you so much. I just want to hug you, hold you, tell you I'm right here. I'll never leave you, forsake you. I want to touch your heart. I want to touch your life. And yet we're running for everything. You know what I'm saying? Anyways, it's like really real stuff. People really get into that stuff. Sometimes we do it and we're like, oh, you know, witch movies, it's all make-believe. No, it's not. Listen, God's really real. I posted a story on my Facebook last night. I was getting all riled up thinking about it. David and I would go to this witchcraft place. I think I mentioned this a couple weeks ago at church, but well, part of it. But um, it's just wild. God's so much bigger. I give you authority and power. Trample on serpents and scorpions. Behold, nothing will by any means hurt you. Dude, one of the first prophecies, he says, you know, to Eve, you know, you're going to give birth to the seed. The seed. Say, everyone say seed. That's Jesus. And he says to the serpent, he says that this, this seed's going to crush your head. Let's go. <laughs> and the Bible says in the New Testament, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Some, some of us just really need peace right now. So your peace is really powerful. The God of peace crushes Satan under your feet. Some of you feel like adversaries are against you. You just need some peace. You know that there's fruit? There's fruit for you. <laughs> there's fruit for you to eat in the kingdom. The kingdom's not a matter of food and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, in the communion with God. There's righteousness for you. In every temptation you face, there's righteousness for you. The fruit of love, God wants to manifest it through you. In every temptation you face, there's righteousness for you. In every storm you face, there's peace for you. Let's go. In every, in every form of suffering and difficulty, in every trial, there's joy. Count it all. Joy when you fall into various trials. Jesus endured the cross for the set before him. Dude wasn't giggling but the dude was seeing something. He was seeing something beyond the nails. Oh, he was seeing something beyond the whipping. He was seeing you and me, us with him. And he set joy before him. Yeah. 
There's fruit for you in the midst of your trials. What do we see when we go through trials? Do we see the trial or do we see what God's setting before us? The Bible says in James, consider the end of Job. (laughs) That's all it says about Job. In the New Testament, consider the end. That's all it says in the New Testament about Job. Christians love to consider Job's suffering. The New Testament says, consider the end. Oh my gosh. By the way, his suffering was only a few months long. And he lived even longer than he lived before after. Do you know what I'm saying? And he was more blessed after. So that's Bible. <laughs> okay. Oh, Jesus. Go to Galatians chapter 5. I feel like anytime I preach, it's really just a compilation of everything that I talk with friends about for a week or two before. (laughs) Whatever we're meditating on, chewing on, chit-chatting about, I end up just wanting to preach it all. (laughs) Galatians 5, we're going to read 13 to 26. It says, for you, brethren, have been called to liberty. And do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you, you shall not fulfill the lust of your flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are under the law. You are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Adultery, fornication, that word's, that's like uh, porneos. Just, just sexual immorality, outside marriage, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, witchcraft's overrated, hatred, contentions, jealousies. It's not, a, it's not a good fruit of the spirit just to be jealous of everybody all the time, you know? God's got something way better. Envy's overrated too. Wanting what other people got? Dude, you got everything. You got Jesus. Anyways. Wow. Outbursts of wrath. Selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envies, dang, Paul, you're going at this, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. There's even more. Of which I told you beforehand, just as I also told you in times past. Wow, so he's saying, I told you this over and over and over again. What did he tell him? That those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Sounds pretty important, Paul. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law, and those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Isn't that fun? Some of you are sitting there like, what is going on? (laughs) 
Am I one of those people? I was doing stuff. I got good news for you. Here's another passage before I go any farther because I know there's some, there might be like two people that are sitting there going, man, I got drunk last weekend. I'm like, am I going to hell? Let's, let's go to this. 1 Corinthians 6. Let's go to this real quick and then I'll start preaching again. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. He starts it off with that same uh, hardcore speech. Ready? Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Say, do not be deceived. Okay, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. You ready for this? This is what some of you all really need to swallow this pill right here. Ready for this? Ready for this? This is really good. And such were some of you, but you were washed... You were sanctified, and you were justified in the name of our Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. You know, your identity completely changes from one of those people. You know, Christian's a giant term. We're not just Christian in title. We're literally Christian in nature. You're a new creation. You might be tempted with some of those old ways, but he says this. He says, hey... You were those things before. Irregardless of your temptations, you might be somebody who loves to go back to that bottle of whiskey and get drunk. But listen, regardless of your temptations, you were that person in the past. You're not anymore. You were washed. The blood did something to you. You were sanctified. That means you were made holy. That means you didn't have to live without the bottle for X many days before you became holy. You became holy, holy in the blood. You might be a little baby. Maybe you need to grow up a little bit, but you're still holy. (laughs) You might need some maturity, but you're still holy. Therefore, grow up into the full stature of Christ. We go from glory to glory, faith to faith. You don't go from demonic to glory. You go from glory to glory. You are already transferred out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. This is fun. Anyways, so I was thinking, I was, one time I was preaching at a wedding, you know, doing a wedding service, and then I was talking to someone this week about it, and so it stirred it up in me again. And I was thinking about Adam, Adam and Eve, and Adam in the garden, and he's, he's walking around in the garden looking at all the animals, you know? And uh, Jesus says, the word of the Lord is walking with him. So I call him Jesus, but God, Yahweh, standing there and says, what do you want to name all these animals? So Adam's naming the animals, giraffe, monkey, whatever. How does he name the fish, by the way? Does God take the fish out and, you know? That's weird. I don't know. Anyways, he named all the animals. He named them. And uh, the Bible says that he looked at them, but he, he couldn't find a helper suitable for him from all the animals. Right? And then uh, what, what happened? Um, he looks around and he's like, a monkey's not good. Nope, nope, nope. Horse, nope. God's like, nope. And he's looking at him. He's like, I don't know what to do. And God says, go to sleep. The Bible says he went into a deep sleep. Not just a sleep. He went into like a coma. He, he like got put to death. Deep sleep. Jesus calls death sleep, by the way. Puts him into a sleep. 
And then what does God do? He opens up his flesh. He cuts his flesh open and takes out a rib. And from the rib comes forth Eve. How wild is that? Flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone. Isn't that wild? Wild story. True story. <laughs> Jesus, God, looked around all humanity. And yet the Bible says that all sinned and fell short of the glory of God. You guys ready for this? All had sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And he was looking for a helper suitable for him. You want to know how he did it? He came down from heaven to earth and he was put into a deep sleep. He died on a cross. His flesh was torn. So that from his own body would come forth a new body the bride of Christ, a, a, a suitable helper. Not, 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 not equal to the creatures, but, 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 but a, co, a co-equal with, with, with Eve, with Adam, and now us being lifted up with God. Eve didn't deserve it. She didn't make herself like that. You know what I'm saying? But they, we didn't deserve it. <laughs> yeah. He's come to completely change your life. Your first dad, his name is Adam. Your second dad is Jesus. The second Adam. The first Adam is what the Bible refers to Paul a lot in the epistles. When you start reading the epistles, you're like, man, Paul talks a lot about the flesh and the spirit. The flesh and the spirit. What the heck is going on? And then he talks about Adam and Jesus and Adam and Jesus and the law and grace and law and grace. You guys ever notice these themes? But the first dad, Adam, Adam and Eve ate of a tree, the knowledge of good and evil, okay? And that became a law to them, the knowledge of good and evil, law, conscience. It's not bad. It's really good. But when you're trying to live it out on your own, bad. (laughs) <laughs> but there's a tree of life and, and um, <laughs> there's fruit that hangs from that tree and it's righteousness, joy, and peace. The fruit that hangs from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil when you're eating of it, like living your own, out of your own strength, apart from God, alienated from God, being an enemy of God in your mind because your conscience is guilty and you feel really bad. Wow. The fruit of that is wickedness, Okay sorrow, depression, and no peace, okay? The fruit of the other tree is righteousness, joy, and peace, okay? We don't want to live in a series of condemnation guilt trips. You know, Jesus came so he can cleanse your mind of a guilty conscience. Some of us, you might have been a Christian for 50 years, and you might go through a season, you go, I feel like guilty again. You don't need to. The blood didn't stop working. (laughs) It didn't stop. He never stopped. In fact, his blood speaks so much better than anything you can ever do. Listen, you, you can't have intimacy with God when your brain is feeling guilty. Like you really can't. 
Like, how, how are you going to have intimacy with Jesus and the grace that he's provided for you if you're feeling guilty? If you're feel, still feeling guilty, then, then you're not living in the reality of the grace and that you've been washed, justified, sanctified. You're still living in the identity of who you were on the other side of the river before you were baptized. And God says, stop, stop it. You're not that person. Adam ain't going to marry an animal. And you're not an animal. Yay to that. <laughs> Side note, no to evolution. Okay, I'm done. So you got, you got, <laughs> I'm not a monkey. Okay. You're, <laughs> you guys love me no matter what, right? Even if there's a few people. <laughs> wow. You know, it's funny how God um, does things over and over again, and he's over the top in confirming words doing mighty deeds, showing his goodness. It's funny, he says like the same message over and over again. And it's all circled around love because he really, really loves you and wants to hang out with you. It's all about relationship with him. It's all about that. He's like, hey, I've made you a new temple. You know, you're, you were made to be a temple of the Holy Spirit. The purpose of Jesus coming was to cleanse the temple. I had a conversation the other week um, and then we were talking about the cleansing of the temple. You guys know it happens twice in the Bible? If you don't, read your Bible. It's great. I mean, meaning, meaning read the two stories. Not like you don't read the Bible, but read them. It happens twice. The cleansing of the temple happens twice. It happens at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, and it happens at the end of Jesus' ministry. Isn't that interesting? Jesus, when he starts his ministry, he goes and he goes to a wedding. This is in John chapter 2. He goes to a wedding called the wedding at Cana. And he turns water into wine. Say yay. yay. <laughs> I don't know why. Just say yay. So he turns water into wine. Wow. First miracle Jesus does. And then it says that, that the, the, the feast of the Passover came about. So Jesus traveled from Cana down to Jerusalem, and then up the mountain, but down on the globe. Goes to Jerusalem, goes up on the mountain to Jerusalem. And when he's there, it's the feast of Passover. And at Passover, we all know the story, Jesus goes in and he cleans house, right? He goes, he's throwing tables over. What? OMG. What are you doing, Jesus? And he's like, I'm uh, tearing more stuff down, ripping it down. OMG, what are you doing, Jesus? All the sick start coming to him. They start, he starts healing all of them. They're like, who is this guy? Who is this guy? At the end of Jesus's ministry, okay, this is in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, at the end of his ministry, the last Passover, Jesus did ministry for three, three years, a little over three years, but the last Passover when he was being crucified, okay, you guys ready for this? He's there and he makes a whip. You know, he goes in and he does it all again. Like, you know, you remember him riding in on a donkey after? He, he like, they're like, Hosanna, Hosanna. He goes over, starts ripping tables off, pouring stuff over. They're like, like, whoa, whoa, we're just asking you to save us. We were saying, we were saying, Hosanna. That means save. He's coming in, throwing stuff, made away, whoosh, you know? He's like, get this stuff out of here. Like, whoa, we even put down palm branches. <laughs> they said, Jesus, what are you doing? 
What are you doing? Why are you doing this stuff? What was his answer? Why are you doing this stuff, Jesus? Tear down this temple. Three days, I'll raise it up. <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> wait, wait, what? <laughs> You're turning over money tables with a whip. And we say, why are you doing this? And you said, tear down this temple. And in three days, I'll raise it up. What was the purpose of Jesus' coming? You know, it's funny. I love how in this story, the beginning and the end of his ministry, he does the same act. And it's all about cleansing the temple. See, there was a whip, but the whip ended up hitting Jesus. And he who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. And, and Jesus was driving out the evil from the midst of the temple as a prophetic sign. He's a prophet. As a prophetic sign that just as he, he would be attacked, okay? That through his death and resurrection, three days I'll raise it up, through his death and resurrection, there would be a cleansed temple. You were made to be a temple. You were made to be a temple. You were made to be a temple. By the way, I love how in the Old Testament, the temple had like, it was like really decked out gold. And then they would, these artists would put uh, angels and everything in the gold. And I just think about how if you're made to be a temple, how, how in tight and tune with the spiritual realm should you be? How wild is that? That's wild to think about. You should be so in tune with it. It's etched into your heart. Isn't that fun? Dude, in the Bible, if you don't believe me, read the book of Acts. They, they knew angels so good that when the apostle got out of jail, he was in jail, and the church was praying for him, God sets him free from jail. He goes to the house where the church is chilling, hiding inside secret meetings, okay, because they're being persecuted, secret meeting. He comes, bangs on the door. The kid comes to the door peers out the side somehow, runs back, says, it's Peter. He's here. I mean, they've all been praying for his release. The adults in the room, <laughs> no. Number one, they go, this is really funny. First, they don't believe that it's Peter. They go, no, it can't be Peter, which is wild. Second, they go, it's his angel. <laughs> what? Anyways, oh my gosh. The early church is like, their, their, their encounters are wild. Isn't that wild? I love that stuff. Wow. Oh, how much time do we have? We have five more minutes. We, uh, in, our, in our staff meeting this last week, we were playing music and um, soaking and prophesying. It was so awesome. In the Bible, do you know that prophets in the Old Testament, they would like play music? And when they play music, the spirit would come and they'd start prophesying. It was, a, it was a really common thing. It's why we have the Psalms, for example. It was in that time that Samuel, even, even back with Elisha and all them, they would do that. They would play music. The 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 school of prophets would travel around in a, in, a, in a group together and then they would be led by, by 
a harp and uh, another instrument and a, a tambourine and a trumpet. They would be led, the, the whole group of prophets would be led by the music. And then the music would be playing and the spirit would come and they'd start prophesying. Isn't that fun? Wow. Anyways, well, we were like all meditating and just sitting in the music and God was moving. But I kind of wanted to throw out some practical ideas of fun things that, that you can do spending time with Jesus. I'm kind of one of those people where, you know, there's people that walk and talk. I'm one of the ones that like rock and talk or like, or like lay and talk or maybe lay and whisper or just like hold myself like a cocoon and just like hang out. I don't know what kind of person you're like, but that's me. I'm like, let's just sit at a coffee shop and chat, you know? I mean, I do get down for like the ping pong matches and some wildness. Um, and I'm very athletic in that way, you know what I'm saying? But anyways, but, but I, like to, I, like to, I like to chill with Jesus. It's kind, of, it's kind of what I do. But I wanted to give an idea. You know, um, Saul, Saul would get really upset. And, and he, he had a little bit of problems in the Bible. If you don't know who Saul is, he was a king. And... He wasn't the best example, but nonetheless, he, he would get really upset. And David would play some music. And when David would play the music, the Spirit of God would come on Saul and the, the bad vibes, the bad spirit would leave him. And he'd have peace. And I just feel like maybe this is for a few people in here that like just love to do some practical things, you know what I'm saying? But I just want to encourage some of you to um, engage, engage God in the prophetic and maybe turn on some music and wait. And not just like, oh, I'm just going to turn on some music in the background. I'm going to keep doing whatever I'm doing. No, 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 no. Just think of yourself like a prophet and you're chilling and God's real. And the music's playing and just wait. And see what he shows you. Take note of it in your mind. Maybe write it down in a journal. And then just go, God, wow. And then start to pray over it. It's so much fun. Like, you, you, like when you're praying, you know, you're like, you know, and then you don't want to get bored or weird, you know. You don't want to get like too, too in the flesh, you know. You don't want to be in the flesh at all. But you don't want to be, you just, you don't want to be struggling in prayer. Prayer is not about struggling in prayer. It's about hanging out with a God who loves you, who made a way for you. And it's actually really wild, and adventurous. So I kind of want to pray that over all of you. I want to I pray for supernatural encounters over all of you. I want to pray that, I want to pray that y'all start seeing angels if you don't. I want to pray that, you know, if I came to the door and I was like, hey guys, and then, you know, all of you were like, no, that's Micah's angel, you know. I want to get, I want it to be like that. I'll be like, no, it's me. And then you're all like, no, I know it's not you. I want it to be that level. You know, dude, we don't need to be afraid of like super spiritual stuff. God is spirit. If you're afraid of super spiritual stuff, you're going to be afraid of God. The dude is spirit. You got to be really spiritual to be a Christian. God is spirit. Walk in the spirit. That's great stuff. Yay. You're a temple of the Holy Spirit. You're made to commune with him. You're made to encounter him. 
You're not who you used to be. You're somebody else. Come into the realization of it. It's funny, they put that picture up, which is a complete joke. I was, I was, I was joking with my wife. I put on, I put on my, somebody gave me a, a Hebrew prayer shawl a while, like maybe like 17 years ago or so. And, I, and I've kept it. I love it. It's such a great gift. But I was sitting in my prayer chair and I was inaugurating my prayer chair. I was like, <laughs> throw on the prayer shawl. You know, my kids are awesome. My Judah... Judah boy wants to go. He sits on. He puts the prayer shawl on. He's like, you know, rocking. And and then I'm like, I'm like, Judah, you can pray. He goes, I want to sit on the chair and pray. I go, okay, buddy, sit on the chair and pray. He sits up there, puts on the prayer shawl. I'm not even kidding. He goes, this. He's four. He did that. I was laughing. Oh, for Halloween, Melissa lets them like fully choose what they are for Halloween. And Judah goes, we're like, who do you want to be? You know, because he's been talking about Spider-Man guys for, oh my gosh, like months. Every, almost every day for a while, he'd come up to me and go, hey, dad, tell me a story about climbing over walls from the Bible. <laughs> almost every day. Tell me, tell me, tell me a story about climbing over walls. And I go, I go, well, with God, you can defeat an army, Judah, and with God, you could scale wall. And he goes, he goes, so tell me a story about that. Tell me a story. I want to know about it. I want to be a Spider-Man. I want to be Spider-Man. I go, well, he goes, well, how come I can't climb the wall right now, dad? He's looking at the wall. How come I can't climb it? I go, I go, bro, when God wants you to climb the wall, you're going to climb the wall. That's how it works. When, when God wants you to climb that wall, you're going to climb the wall, Judah. He goes, but I want to climb it now. Anyways, he goes, oh, for Halloween, he goes, he goes, so we were talking about, you know, what's, what he wants to be. And I was thinking, I was like, man, I'm going to have to go buy him. I have to buy him a Spider-Man outfit. I was thinking this like the other week. I'm like, I have to buy him a Spider-Man outfit. The kid's been talking about Spider-Man for four months, like wants to be Spider-Man. I got to get a Spider-Man outfit. Melissa goes, so what do you want to be? I'm like, he's for sure going to say Spider-Man. He goes, I want to be God. <laughs> because there's, there was, <laughs> there's no superhero more powerful than God. So, so he wore a giant white beard with a hat that said holy and he wore my prayer shawl oh my god we're at we're at my melissa's family's gathering last night and they're a lot like mainly all unbelievers and uh one of the guys he's been drinking a lot goes up to judah and he's like hey judah <laughs> what does he say because judah's dressed as god he's four he goes why do why do bad things happen to good people Judah. Judah just looks at him. Like, looked as God and just walks away. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, it's like, wrestle with it, son, you know? <laughs> well, man, I love this church. I love you guys. Father, I just thank you. Thank you, God, that we get to have another service of fun. Thank you that we just get to keep doing this, and we just get to keep having fun as a family, and we get to keep worshiping you. And Lord, I just, I pray for if anybody's in this room that has had a guilty conscience, the Bible says that he wants to cleanse, cleanse you of a guilty conscience. 
So, so if you've had a guilty conscience, just literally just, just put your hand on and say, Jesus, that's, that's me. You know, there's no public shaming. I can give a rip. But just put your hands on. Just say, that's me. That's me. And I, I just want you to know something. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians, you've been washed. You don't need, hey, listen, you don't need a baseball bat to come get you in the stomach right now. You don't need to get whacked. Listen, Jesus came 2,000 years ago, and he washed you. He offered the washing right there. Receive it. Say, thank you, God, for your grace. Let, let it all fall away. You're not your old self anymore who you used to be on the other side of the river. That old temple was torn down. God wanted a relationship, and it wasn't going to be with an animal. <laughs> that old temple is torn down. And in three days, he, he raised up a new one. That's who you are. That's who you are. That's who you are. He's given you a new heart. He's put a new spirit in you. You're a new creation. Behold, all things are gone. All things have become new. God has new things for you today. He's got, he's got love for you today. Some of you might feel like, I don't know if God loves me. Hey, listen, God demonstrated his love for you in this. While you were still a sinner, Christ died for you. That's good news. He loves you no matter what. He's faithful to you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. The Bible says that the mighty God is in your midst. The mighty one will save you. He will rejoice over you with singing. He will dance over you with gladness. He will shout over you with songs. Woo! Our God likes to sing. He likes to dance, and he's got victory for you. You know, your plans and your futures are set. He's literally got a list, and it's a plan for you. He literally sits at his desk, and he's like, oh, man, I love that kid. Wow, this would be awesome. I've got plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. <laughs> Set the joy before your face. If you're in a trial, count it all joy. It's okay. Put the joy before your face. Yeah? God, Father, I just pray you'd pour out on them. I pray you'd touch them. I pray you'd encounter them. I pray they'd be shaking and baking and rolling and hollering. I pray that people would just powerfully encounter you, Lord God. I pray that in the minds of individuals in this place, Lord God, that they'd be transformed by the renewing of their mind. I pray for the depth of the gospel to just be poured out in this church, Father. I pray for a spirit of revelation and the knowledge of you, Father God, Lord, that we might be filled with the fullness of you, that we would know the length, the height, the depth, the width of your love that you have for us. God, I pray that this church is filled with so much love. It's ridiculous that the world goes, what is going on? Bless it, Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you're on the prayer team, if you're on the prayer team, you come up. Uh, if you want prayer, come to the front. If you got to go, we'd love you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church.